Hey everyone, it's time for another edition of Beaver Banter. Beaver Sports Talk lives here. Welcome back in for another episode here of the Minnesota Sports Podcast here on Thursday, April 1st, 2021. It is opening day, the Major League Baseball season. Uh, We're in the thick of things for the NHL, the NBA seasons. NFL free agency, the draft, that's all hyping up. And of course, the NCAA basketball tournament for men's and women's and the NCAA hockey tournament, which we are going to talk about as well. There's just a whole lot of sports going on today. So I couldn't do it myself. I brought in Ian Rivers again. Uh, How's it going, Ian? Not so bad. How's it going with you? Uh, Glad to be back here. Yeah, and uh, there's a lot of sports going on, which is always good compared to the alternative a year ago at this time. So let's dive right in. We're going to start off, um, throw it back to the R&B Sports Talk days. We're going to start off the show with a little segment we like to call Beaver Banter. And if I had the hot key thing in front of me, I would play the intro for it. Maybe I'll add it in and uh, post. But uh, we are diving right into Beaver Banter with the Bemidji State uh, University men's hockey team going to the NCAA tournament uh, last week. Uh, they upset the one seed Wisconsin in their side of the bracket and uh, pretty thoroughly, I might add. So just kind of, Ian, just talk a little bit about that game and just kind of the rush of emotions uh, that you had kind of uh, reacting to it. Well, yeah, I was watching that game at work on my phone, uh, staying productive. I'll add staying productive while watching the game at the same time. Of course. <laughs> Excuse me. Um, but the, Bemidji played an absolutely phenomenal game from, from puck drop to the final buzzer. Um, and it, they, they really, you know, Cole Caulfield, he still got his two goals. And that was, that was one of the main issues is that, that top line of Wisconsin with Caulfield, um, that, that line has been making stuff happen all year. I've been watching them through the big 10, um, but Bemidji, they swarmed, uh, they swarmed Wisconsin. They made it hard for them. Uh, to get pucks through to the net. Obviously, the, it was the matchup of one of the best power plays in the country uh, against one of the penalty, one of the best penalty killing units in the country. And Bemidji played a great game. They just they 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 outworked Wisconsin everywhere it mattered. Um, and, and I was a little nervous there coming down to the end because it was five one, and I'm like, okay, that's gotta be good enough, right? And then you see Caulfield get two goals. And I also watched the Big Ten championship game between the Gophers and Wisconsin, where the Gophers went went into the third period up 5-1, and Wisconsin ended up making it a 5-4 game. And so I'm like, "Eh, you know what? If they can do that to the Gophers, they can probably do that to Bemidji. But, you know, once it got down under a minute, I was like, all right, there's no way they get two goals. And then, uh, you know, Brendan Harris with the the nice little cheap uh, empty netter with uh, about a second left on the clock. It really just wrapped up and showed, you know, I think 6-3 is honestly a little bit more appropriate for how that game went uh, because Bemidji absolutely dominated them. Yeah, and, you know, when you think about it, they mentioned uh, somebody pointed this out to me uh, about the NCAA tournament is that Bemidji State was the only team in the tournament that does not have an NH, a drafted NHL player on their roster. And when you think about back to uh, the last time Bemidji State made a run in the NCAA tournament was 2009 when they went to the Frozen Four. And that team had, you know, guys like Matt Reed, guys like Brad Hunt, guys that had productive NHL careers. And I think just the fact of it was the true underdog story of this team to just, you know, everybody counted them out. I remember watching the selection show uh, when they went to the uh, Wisconsin Bemidji State preview, they talked about Caulfield, you know, the Hobie Baker winner, all that kind of stuff. And then they got to the Bemidji and then like, oh, look at the teeth on that logo. And then they moved on. 
and it was like just the amount they of disrespect didn't even spell that, their name right in the, the first time that they showed that they spelled it with an, an i instead of an e you could tell it was some graphics intern in los angeles and they're like bemidji state and they just kind of spelt it from memory and it didn't really work um but you know what we'll we'll take it we'll take all the doubters counting them out they uh you know, uh, of course, all Minnesota teams won their first games, which is impressive. Um, if Bemidji would have beat UMass in the next round, it would have been an all Minnesota Frozen Four, which the national media would have absolutely hated, but we would have <laughs> loved here. Um, it's, you know, almost they should almost just play the Frozen Four in St. Paul. Yeah, that's what I've been saying. Um, if Bemidji actually would have made it, they had to legally move the Frozen Four to the X, I think. But, you know. Would have been an issue with the hockey out. tournament, maybe, but uh, it, it would have mattered. Could have played it at uh, Mariucci or something. Yeah, that's true. Uh, Pittsburgh wouldn't have been too happy about it, but, you know, what a good run by the Beavs. And you mentioned that UMass game, 4-0. The boys played hard, but UMass, they've got a heck of a goalie. He's a wild prospect, by the way. So if anybody watched that game and got upset that the Beavers couldn't get anything past them, maybe that's good, good news for the future of uh, Minnesota hockey. But – um, yeah, I mean, you mentioned the state of hockey in the tournament, um, and not only is this the first time they've had all five teams from the state of Minnesota make the, the hockey tournament, um, it, it also, there's about 25% of the players that played in the tournament are from the state of Minnesota. Um, I think they said around 116 players uh, on six across 16 teams, and like you said, every team won their first round game. Now, granted, Duluth... Um, did get a buy because Michigan had to pull out. And I was actually, you know, for being a, as big a Michigan state homer as I am, Michigan had a really good team in hockey this year. They have some really good talent on that roster. And that would have been a heck of a game between Duluth and, and Michigan. Um, but for what it's worth that Duluth and, and North Dakota game was one for the ages, uh, third longest college hockey game of all time, longest tournament game of all time. And I stayed up and watched every ounce of it even though I had to work at seven the next day. It was just, it was everything you want out of an instant sports game, a game that goes a little bit too long. And because it goes too long, you're still on the edge of your seat. You remember staying up that late. Um, I remember, uh, cause I was working. I remember, uh, you know, everybody was getting ready for UMD to win that game. And then all of a sudden in the final minute, they give up those two goals and uh, all of a sudden now it's a tie game and it just throws everything out of whack. And we're just waiting for somebody to win this game. And it was in, you know, it's just insane. And um, being here in Duluth, uh, I can tell you the city went crazy. Um, and obviously for good reason, it's a, it's a great game. It's one that's going to go down in the history books in a, in a season, probably a lot of teams. And in a year, a lot of people want to forget that's going to be one of the memories that's going to last for a lot of people. Um, and yeah, it was just across the college hockey world. It was just, uh, it was just insane. And, um, you know, I guess working it back to the Beavers, I guess, just kind of, uh, you know, obviously they got bounced from the tournament. It was a, it was a good run, um, but there's always next year. And it looks like because of COVID, uh, a couple players are going to because of the because COVID ended last season. Um, a few players are going to get to return, and uh, the, some of them have flexed that option. You know a little bit more about that, Ian? Yeah, we have two players. Uh, the NCAA granting a waiver for seniors this year. Weirdly enough, it's this year, the season that wasn't as heavily affected by COVID. You know, the tournament getting canceled last year. Um, but I guess they didn't have enough time to figure all that, you know, logistics out. But it, it, seniors getting a, a waiver of an extra year of eligibility, um, and at least two Beavers have utilized that extra year. Ethan Somoza, uh, the captain this season, the leading goal scorer with 15. He had 20 points on the year with five assists. 
And then Brad Johnson, who had 10 points with three goals and seven assists. Those two um, have utilized the extra year of eligibility. Uh, no word yet on Brendan Harris, uh, Aaron Miller. I assume Aaron Miller is not coming back because he was already contemplating it last year, leaving after his junior year. Um, and then he decided once the tournament got canceled to come back. Um, and then it looks like the, the, the standout goalkeeper, Zach Driscoll, will be leaving as well. But a big boost for the Beavers to get their leading goal scorer back for next season. Um, and there should be some decent players coming through the pipeline. I know one recruit that I'm super excited for uh, is Dante Lawson from Taconite, Minnesota. Uh, he played for Greenway in their state tournament run where they got to the championship game and lost to, I believe, St. Cloud Cathedral um, in the 1A bracket. Um, but this Beaver program, I think they're building for the future. Last year, they were this close to the tournament. I think they might have had to do a little bit in the games against Bowling Green that ended up getting canceled. And then the season, um, you know, we, we all know that story. But it's been two years in a row where they've had a really good roster and they've, they've had a chance to make it happen. Uh, we've got both of the cylinders coming back along with Alex Irulo. That line was phenomenal in, uh, in the game against Wisconsin and really good all year. Um, Owen Sillinger and Lucas Sillinger, uh, two of our best best players, I think. And Lucas, just a freshman. So this should be an exciting team to watch for a couple years now. I think Saratori's finally found his groove in the WCHA and now transitioning into the CCHA. And I think that's a good point, um, if I can make that quickly. The WCHA, uh, with all due respect to Alabama Huntsville and the Alaska teams, those are teams that are fairly consistently in the 50s in the pairwise ranking. And it's tough to go up to Alaska and sweep. Uh, it, it is for Mankato, for the Gophers, even for, for a team like, uh, you know, North Dakota back in the day. It's tough to, to travel all that way and get a sweep. So when you split with them, it just it tanks your pairwise ranking. And I think that's why this season, without the two Alaska teams, yes, we had Alabama Huntsville. But that's why you see the first season the WCHA got three teams in the tournament because they didn't have all those bottom-heavy teams dragging down their pairwise ranking when you get upset by them, because naturally you're not going to win every game against every team. So I think next year in a little bit better conference, uh, St. Thomas should be coming in. So there will be a sixth division one team in Minnesota. I think Bemidji uh, we're set up for the future pretty well. Saratori is doing a good job. Uh, it should be an exciting team to watch. Yeah. And I'm looking forward to the new, the new conference is kicking off next year, right? Next season. Yep. All right. Yeah. So I'm looking forward to it. I think there's a lot of good, you know, we talk about with the old WCHA, uh, the good in-state rivalries, um, you know, with Minnesota, with UMD and, and all that kind of stuff. And, you know, while we're on that, just kind of rip to the big 10, this tournament, uh, the WCHA knocking out the Gophers. Um, <laughs> that was my favorite piece. Uh, somebody said there's been one hockey game played and three big 10 teams have already been eliminated after Wisconsin lost. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, exactly. Bemidji state knocking out Wisconsin. Um, it's just the WCHA giving a big middle finger to the big 10, um, this tournament. Uh, but, uh, you know, I, I think I'm really excited for this new conference. I think it opens up, you know, obviously BSU and Minnesota state, um, and Cato have always had a good rivalry. Um, and I'm kind of, I, I think I'm actually kind of pulling for them now in the frozen four, cause Bemidji had gotten the better of them a little bit in the regular season. So it, it's weird. But it's, you know. it's going to be a tough call for me because I don't necessarily love the Mavs. I do like the WCHA. I want the conference to succeed. Um, but my dad is a St. Cloud State alum. And I, I, I don't know why I used to I used to cheer against St. Cloud State because of that reason. But, you know, watching him watch that game against BC and they won, 
And I, I don't know. It'll be tough for me to cheer for. I, I think the winner of that game, either way, I'll want to win the national championship. I think it's kind of, they're kind of, St. Cloud State kind of has that Virginia path uh, in the men's basketball tournament where they had an embarrassing loss. Actually, they had two embarrassing losses. Three of them. Uh, AIC, um, one against Air Force, and I, I don't remember the last one. They talked about it on, on KFAN yesterday, but they had three losses. Uh, Ferris State, all the way back to when Ferris State went to the Frozen Four in like 2014, 15, or something like that. Yeah, exactly. So they kind of have that redemption arc to them uh, to kind of pull behind. Obviously, not as uh, not as uh, uh, publicized as Virginia's was, but still, still yeah. uh, kind of one that they want that they probably have a chip on their shoulder. Um, and you know, obviously, Moscow's not their coaching, but they still have a lot of the same staff. I think uh, still at St. Cloud State. So, but I think this new in conference, I think it sets up uh, Bemidji State and Mankato have always had a good uh, rivalry. I think St. Thomas has a chance to be a good rivalry. I don't know how good they'll be right away. It's always a wild card um, because they are making the jump from D3 to D1. Um, so that'll be interesting. And obviously you still have the kind of the classic, you still have the bowling greens, you still have um, all those kind of teams. Um, but um, yeah, like you said, losing the Alaska teams is huge. It kind of not having Alabama in there. Um, it's going to be a new dynamic. And I think that Bemidji state and Mankato have a good chance to kind of run this conference for the next few years. Yeah, I agree. Um, bowling green was really good this year. <laughs> you could have made an argument for them making the tournament. But it would have been really hard for the committee to justify putting four WCHA teams in there. Yeah, but I think overall, I think just, you know, the, the feel for Bemidji State, you know, um, obviously um, it's a town that's, you know, of 13,000. It's a very small media market. I mean, they, they don't have their games on TV. Um, you know, obviously with the smaller community, it's hard to fill a division one size rink and especially in a pandemic year. But I think out of all this, I think it just proves because, you know, when they weren't doing well, there was a lot of conversations of, was it a mistake for this team to go D1? Um, should they have just stayed D2 and played their games at the glass? Should they, you know, all that kind of stuff. And I think having a run like this and even a good team last year that, like you said, if everything went right, they could have made the NCAA tournament. I think it shows that, you know, Serator is a good head coach. He can develop these guys. This is a good hockey team. This is a, I mean, Bemidji's a underrated. It's not a Duluth. It's not a Twin Cities, but it's an underrated hockey community. And I think that it just shows that, uh, you know, that there is a place for uh, Bemidji State in Division One hockey. Absolutely. I'm hoping that that this win against Wisconsin, you know, we didn't just get in and show up and lose five to two and then, you know, bounce out. I'm hoping that this shows any potential recruits uh, hey, this is a school that plays hockey the right way, and, and we, we can be a successful program. And I think touching back on that Wisconsin game, it just kind of showed the brand of Bemidji State hockey. I mean, they played tough. I mean, they just – you could tell it's one of those – you know, it's a lot of coach speak, but it's a lot of they came out right away, they smacked them in the mouth, and Wisconsin, you could tell, was kind of taken aback by it a little bit. They kind of thought that, you know, with Caulfield, they were just going to swoop in. They were going to be an easy – uh, tournament win and they're going to focus on playing UMass in the next round but um, you know uh, Bemidji State really came out there they played hard and it was a classic Bemidji State game because like you said great on the penalty kill but just did not have any luck on the power play um, kind of with BSU but that's kind of also been a trademark of Bemidji State hockey but uh, you know I, I think like you said it just shows recruits it shows people you know we may not have the prestige and the facilities of the Gophers but 
we still have a pretty good hockey program with pretty good coaching and the Sanford center isn't a bad, you know, it's a good rink. It's, you know, I haven't had a chance to look through all the, the weight rooms, but it's got a, I mean, it's a great facility to play hockey at. Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, and I think that, you know, touching on the, the big 10 really quick, I, something I pulled from the, the watching the games, um, I just think the WCHA and the NCHC, they're set up better for success in tournaments because the Big Ten, right now at least, has so many good young players coming in. They have a lot of talent. They might have the most talent in the Big Ten in college hockey. But these young players, like from Minnesota, they get into the tournament. Minnesota only had three seniors, but they only ever have three seniors every year because most of their players leave before they get to their senior season and go to the NHL. So you get guys – uh, from Duluth that are seniors and from Mankato who are seniors. They've been playing there. They know how to navigate a tournament. And I think it showed, especially in that Mankato, Minnesota game, Mankato absolutely dominated them. Now it didn't look like the Gophers even got off the bus, which was unfortunate because um, I would have liked to see at least a competitive game out of that one. But Mankato blocked 27 shots in that game. Absolutely unbelievable. Oh, they just outworked Minnesota. And I think that's that's part of the WCHA toughness. And it goes, you know, across a couple other conferences as well. Uh, NCHC dominated Hockey East in this tournament. Uh, obviously, St. Cloud State, uh, you know, they won the bean pot, beating Boston University and Boston College on their way to the Frozen Four. Yeah, and, and uh, you know, I think also one thing uh, with uh, Mankato uh, also uh, is they have uh, UMD head coach's son, uh, Sandalin on their roster, um, mm-hmm. which is a cool storyline uh, from Hermantown. I played hockey at Hermantown. Um, interestingly, you know, chose to go to Mankato instead of UMD. And uh, there's a good chance, you know, that they uh, that they can meet up in the in the national cha- in the national championship game. Yeah, I remember watching that a couple of years ago, uh, and they said, you know, Ryan going to Mankato, he doesn't want to play for his dad. You know, you just I I I, I understand it. Um, I'm not, I'm a little shocked by it because most people do. Uh, I guess Matt Saratori went to the Air Force instead of playing for his dad. But, um, you know, it, it's, it's an interesting story. And trust me, we got to hear all about the Sandlin family watching uh, that Gophers game against Mankato. That's all, all they brought up after that six overtime game or five overtime game plus Ryan's game winner the night before. Yeah. So uh, I think that about does it for our uh, kind of Bemidji state men's hockey talk. Is there anything you want to cover about BSU men's hockey that we haven't touched on yet? Because I mean, there's just so much to unpack about this and how much kind of this game, this tournament run meant for this team, even if they didn't even get to the frozen four. Well, I know there was some people online that were upset when there was three WCHA teams uh, cast into the tournament uh, because, you know, Lake Superior state getting the automatic berth. Mankato obviously wasn't going to miss the tournament. And then, you know, Bemidji gets in and they're the 13th overall seed playing the fourth overall seed, Wisconsin. And I think we just, we showed why we deserve to be there. So uh, good on the Beavers and good luck in the next couple seasons. All right. Any, uh, any, uh, since it's that time of year, uh, any high school hockey tournament uh, predictions takes you want to fire off or on the hockey mindset? Um, you know, I was, I was pulling for Delano this year. Uh, my roommate in college was from Delano. And the only other two times that Delano's made the tournament, it was playing against my high school, Monticello Maple Lake. Um, and then a couple of years later against Greenway, where my mom went to high school. So I haven't been cheering for them. They unfortunately lost uh, against Little Falls in the first round. And um, I think Hermantown lost their first game as well. They did with they, the with mostly JV players. Mostly JV players, yeah. 
Um, so uh, shocks, that's unfortunate for Hermantown, you know, dang, um, maybe move up to two A and I'll respect you a little bit more. <laughs> and, uh, and also the speaking of two A, uh, Hill Murray had a big, uh, they had uh, that lawsuit. Um, I think they're trying again, but I'm going to guess that it's going to be unsuccessful. Um, yeah. They uh, had the, they had a COVID outbreak. Why said that they were going to, that they were willing to wait. They were going to play today. Um, the high school league said there's too many games going on, too many other factors. Um, or I mean, I think, I mean, the high school league really hasn't commented on it. And I think that, that's, that's what's gotten a lot of people working. Here is the high school league. The high school league is very, very inflexible when it comes to this. Um, if you remember back, you know, you got to be a little inflexible or, or a little bit flexible in, in times like this. You know, you remember back to the Big Ten football season and, and the Big Ten said you need to play at least six conference games to make the conference championship game. And then what happens? It doesn't look like Ohio State's going to get their sixth game in. So they changed the rule and they said, now we're throwing that out because they needed Ohio State to be in the championship game so they could get to the college football playoff. So I think that if the high school league, I mean, the high school league is not built at all to be flexible, but I think that's, that's really on them. I think, you know, I, I'm not a, a Hill Murray sympathizer. Trust me, these private schools, uh, if they want to make their own tournament with their own rules, I think there's a lot of Minnesotans that would be plenty happy with that. But, um, you know, I, I don't sympathize with them too much, but I, I would have liked to watch a little bit more high school hockey, but um, it just didn't work out for them, I guess. You know, it sucks having a COVID outbreak, be, making the state tournament. Um, but, you know, I guess that's the way it is in, in today's day and age. Yeah. And I think that there's a lot of, I think, you know, I think it's main, I don't think it's the exact situation maybe for people outside of Hill Marie that are very invested in this. I think it's just another case of, and I understand it's a very hard job in the position they're in and it's very hard times and they have a lot going on, but uh, you know, this is just another chance for people to kind of come in and like, it just vent their frustrations with the high school league in this situation. Um, and, you know, when you look at the, when you look at Hill Murray, um, if they would have, you know, there, and I get, there are some factors because Hermantown had to play with all JV players and they had to do their stuff. And if Hill Murray would have been given the pass to do that, and then it kind of, especially like you said, with the private school versus public school aspect, there's a lot of things going on, but I think, I think it's just the fact that the high school, he makes a decision and doesn't say anything that they don't have any, that they don't have even just a, a statement. Um, you know, I, I think just kind of something because, you know, this isn't the NFL, this isn't pro sports. This is, this is high school hockey. These are kids and they're just trying to play, you know, potentially one more game uh, for their high school hockey career. Some of these kids are never going to put on the skates again and to have that taken away and not given an explanation why, when you're trying to make it work, I think is where a lot of people have issue. Yeah, I, uh, I agree with that. Um, definitely taking the advantage away from the kids. I think that's, that's what everybody thought about immediately when all these things were getting canceled last year is, you know, these senior kids that might not ever play their sport again in their life. Um, you know, how are you taking that away from them? But, um, yeah. you know, at the end of the day, I guess yeah, life's not fair. It happened to a lot of people. So, yeah. Um, and uh, I think too, and kind of branching off into other high school, I know there's a lot of high school teams last year who, when the tournament got canceled uh, for basketball halfway through, there were a lot of, uh, on the girls tournament, there were a lot of teams who were already there and they were already like, can't we just play a couple more games? High school league said, no, it was over. And, you know, again, in hindsight, hindsight's always 2020, but uh, you know, the, it's, yeah, like you said, it's just kind of a lot of unfair situations, but in the end life's unfair. And that's kind of how it, it's kind of how it shakes out. But uh, I think that about does it for uh, this uh, section of Beaver banter. So uh, we'll kind of be moving on. We'll catch you guys later. 
Thanks for listening to the Minnesota Sports Podcast. You can find us on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Be sure to leave a five-star review and share the podcast on social media to help spread the word.